fucking assholes and you're an asshole too. That is why we started up this podcast just for you. If you are offended, if we make you want to cry, you're the reason why we shout who invited this guy. Who invited this guy? Hello, baby. Second episode. It's gonna be a second Short, episode. Short, shriveled, and always to the left. <laughs> liar, liar. Always. Now, Actually, what's great is yeah, my favorite Jim Carrey film. Not only is this a second episode, but it's a second episode where Potts has taken the lead. Potts, who wins the award for most likely to black out. Yeah. I'm most likely to throw up. He's most likely to black out. You're most likely to not give a fuck about what's happening to the other two guys around the table. Usually, <laughs> I'm laughing and taking videos. <laughs> and I've also thrown up almost half a bucket full at once. Dude, that I can't believe that anchovy paste did you that dirty. That was that was, that was ruthless. Which dude. is hysterical like, because he wanted to do it to fuck me. Yeah, listen and I to came the in audio. and just whoop, swallow. Listen fuck to the you audio both. while yeah. you're gone douchebag. and what douchebags we were and how it paid us back like tr- oh, it's, it's God, gold, it's dude. Terrible. <laughs> and I just swallowed it. Yep. 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 That's how we and do it. And I was really upset about that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're too drunk to know you're upset about it until you re-listen to the episode. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. I didn't I didn't remember any of that shit. I was blacked out for all the end. Great of that. War Part Two. I just swallowed it. God the episode title already. It's fantastic. This is who invited this guy. I'm Danny T. I'm Eric. I'm Josh. And we are bringing you part deux. Part deux, as the French would call it, of our Great War three parter series. Last week, I gave you guys the beginning and how this shit all got ignited. Tonight, Potts is going to give us the meat and potatoes of the war. But Dan, you're what the French call les incompetents. <laughs> Home alone. But before we get to the meat and potatoes and the big bulk chunk of two years of the war, Potsy, what are we brought to them by? Tonight, uh, we are brought to you guys by White Gold and... I'm out of seltzer. <laughs> it's not sad enough to be drinking seltzer, but it's really sad when you're out of it. <laughs> enough always got his seltzer water. He doesn't even have that anymore. <laughs> so, so instead of going to Dan, Josh, what am I drinking instead? <laughs> Eric's going to be joining me with the Founders All Day IPA. Oh, yeah. Always we got crisp. a suitcase of it, and we are not even... Close to halfway yet. Yeah, we've slowed down so, dramatically for our second episodes. Yeah. We'd normally be rattling cans around Let's the bottom. Go. You want a thing. beer? Huh? Yeah, why the fuck not? Yeah, um, I am still drinking my Moscow Mules made with Sky Vodka, some ginger beer, but I decided to add a splash of cranberry Red Bull into it. And now I got like this cranberry ginger beer oh, fucking yeah. Moscow Mule thing happening. I so. bought some Monster Energy drink. Oh, see? There Sweet. we go. All right, so... That's Delicious monster, please sponsor us. <laughs> so those are the non-sponsors of the episode. Um, <laughs> motherfuckers, no one's sending us checks except for our Patreons. We love you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but to, I'm really looking forward to this episode because as much as it's fun to research your own, I, I'm always looking forward to standing here getting more and more peached and finding out what the other two dug up about shit. And World War One's one of those wars where, for some reason, everyone recalls World War Two. Probably because there's more movies about it. It's more 
It's closer in timeline, even though it's still far as fuck away. And there away. were more atrocities that actually made it out to, you know, the, the newspapers of the world. World War II always ends up taking the cake because of three things. Concentration camps. D-Day, well, okay, four things. Concentration camps, D-Day, Pearl Harbor, and nukes drop. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, well, how can you top this one? But... Even without those things, we are finding, just in the beginning of my research I did, we're finding that the Great War is pretty fucked up. Pots is going to give us even more on tonight's topic. Pots, the floor is yours. Oh, yeah. Right. So last week, <coughs> two hours ago, we, t- <laughs> we talked, um, you know, gave you guys some content, gave yep. you some fucking informations. That's right. We, gave l- you we, some- we learned you some things. But we, we ended up talking about the sinking of the Lusitania, and... I want to talk yes. about fucking torpedoes, dude. Talk about torpedoes. So this, is how I, this is how I want to start the episode off. Das Boot. No, no, we're not We're not there at U-Boats yet. So, torpedoes, because uh, they were also shot off of boats yeah. in World War One. Yeah. Um, they, they had Loot. torpedo boats where they would launch them off the side of these boats. And they look so cool because they've got a few pieces of footage of, like, the... You know, the torpedo just being dropped into the water, and it, like, bounces down, comes up, breaches the water by, like, a foot, lands back in the water, and then just travels a foot under the water, and just starts picking up speed, and leaves, like, a little ripple behind it in the water. The ability to have underwater battles is so fucking cool. Like, underwater fights is, is equivalent to, in my mind, fighting in space. I mean, to, like, gravity list, just, like... Fields. Of, yeah. It's a whole new level of, yeah. of fucking yeah. battle. You ever dude. read Ender's Game? Yes, I did when, when I was in like seventh grade. realizes that there is no up. Yep. That anyway he wants to face is up because there's no gravity and it adds that third dimension Mention. into your fighting area. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. Up and down and shit. You can be fucking a hundred feet underwater and shoot at a boat, a U-boat, you know, that's 50 feet underwater and they might not even know you're fucking down there and just boom. Boom, done. Yeah. So, um, all of the different countries had their, uh, torpedoes, but of course the Germans did it right. Germans always do it. Dude. So not only that, but they were good at using them, but we'll get into that later. Um, what about the fucking airships? I can't believe you didn't mention the airships in the first episode where the Germans would, the Germans loaded up their fucking, um, Zeppelins. Yeah. Zeppelins did come about in in the timeline I did. I I didn't mention Zeppelins, which was, which was a big, big miscue on my part. I admit. Oh, just cause of how cool they were. They didn't do jack shit for the war. Now you're excited cause now you get to talk about shit I missed. So go ahead. (laughs) So they fucking, they would float over a city. And just drop all kinds of fucking either bombs or and that means nasty that little goodies that they could find. Whatever they could drop out of the sky to scare people. That they means did. that the cab of that Zeppelin is just loaded with bombs. Yeah. And there's some dude whose job it is to grab this bomb and throw it over the side. Huck it out the and window. And that's how they launch their <laughs> bombs. Yeah. Here's yeah. your job. Please fly this massive thing filled with helium. And push bombs out of it yep. over a battlefield. Good luck. So, uh, well, in January 1915, they actually took... Not a big took, target. <laughs> not flammable. <laughs> not filled with helium or mm-hmm. hydrogen. 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 Yeah. Um, but yeah, January 1915, they flew it over a city in uh, Britain, I believe it was. and Or no. Uh, 
19, January 1915, the Germans flew it over France, I want to say, okay. and just bombed the shit out of them, <laughs> and then and then floated back. Yeah. Uh, all right, so also other crazy things that we didn't really get that deep into in uh, Dan's episode were the chemical weapons arm race that started in April of 2015. I saved gas for you since I did oh. flamethrowers. I well, knew you wanted to. I'm the gassy one. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, gas, who would that interest? Pots. All right, so with the <laughs> whole chemical, every day. the whole chemical <laughs> weapon thing, um, the Germans are primarily the ones who used them, and everyone hated them because of it. So what they did was they did their first attack, and Dan spoke about that in his episode. If uh, you missed that, go back and check that episode out. Yep, first battle um, of Greece. So what they did was uh, the rest <coughs> of the countries were like, all right, well, since Germany used it first, now it's fair game. So everyone developed their own shit. Um, uh, initially, it was the French uh, did tear gas. The Germans and the other countries then followed chlorine gas, uh, mustard gas, and then one that I've never really heard about before, which was the phosgene gas. I haven't heard of that one either. It's deadlier than chlorine. Uh, really? And what it is is... Uh, so... Hold on. I'm trying to think. So out, throughout the course of the war... That phosgene gas killed more than everyone else because you couldn't smell it, it didn't make you cough as much, and sometimes the symptoms wouldn't even show up for a day. So it's like a, a, another like form a of carbon day. monoxide, how it's sneaky like that. Like, yeah, so like you would take a whole battlefield, and unfortunately you would still have to fight the rest of that day's battle, but the next day... Nobody just, would show up. Oh, shitload of the fun. Well, now, Everyone called out again. Now, here's the thing about no gas call, no that shit. I wanted to bring up. Uh, you, everyone makes such a big deal about the gas because of how horrific it was, not because of how many people it killed. 3% death rate. Of the people who were exposed to gas, 3% were fatalities. That's it? That's it. No, now, it was just a great it, deterrent. Yeah. Well, so the thing is, it yeah. would make people you go away. blind. It would make you vomit uncontrollably. It would give right. you horrible sores and lesions. Mustard gas. If um, The thing about mustard gas that was really cool, you couldn't... So happy we're talking about mustard you gas. You couldn't fuck with mustard gas. So, all right, so chlorine gas and all the other ones, you wear your gas mask, you're fine. Mustard gas don't give a fuck, Jack. Hmm. Really? I didn't know that. Fuck. Mustard gas gets on your skin and you get these giant yellow sores that, like, fill with yellow pus and then blow open and you have lesions and stuff. Wow. Shit, I'd know mustard gas, should have worked, too. <laughs> mustard gas fucks you up, dude. And only 3% of the people in the war... Or, I'm sorry, only 3% of the people exposed to it during the war uh, had a fatal dose. Right. Well, you know, but that's the thing, but death doesn't have... Death isn't the most horrifying thing in war. <sighs> Shit like that is. Like with the nuke. It wasn't the people that the nuke killed that's it's horrifying. The it's the poisoning. radiation poisoning afterwards. It's the real <laughs> eye-opener. Like, oh, yeah. holy fuck. Maybe we shouldn't do this to each other. <laughs> 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 nah, drop the bombs! All right, so um, now again, we're, we're following up from uh, Dan finished up with the sinking of the Lusitania, which, you know, kind of started ruffling everyone's jimmies. Yep. Um, the next big battle was on the 9th of May, 2015, and the British sustained 130,000 casualties. In, uh, again, I, and I casualties was, is combination killed and wounded, right? When you yes. say casualties, that casualties, combines. Casualties, yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, so the whole thing is I, I didn't write down battle names and all that stuff. And it's not cause I was lazy. I did eight hours of fucking research. I could not give a fuck 
for an hour to listen to that. I could not imagine our listeners do. So instead of giving you what the actual battle was, I'm just going to tell you some cool shit about some stuff. 130,000 casualties to advance a couple thousand feet during a battle. Wow. We do more than a couple thousand feet in one of our big hikes. Yeah. I could walk a couple thousand feet in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking less. crazy. So this battle was Much like six hour. weeks long. A couple they lost 130,000 people, and they gained a couple football fields. That's not even half a mile. Damn. A couple thousand feet isn't even yep. half a mile. What's a mile? 5,280? 5, 5,280. Got it. Yeah. Bang. So, Mathematician wow. over here. Um, and it, it was bad, too. So we're still in the beginning of the war, and we've got trench warfare going on all around. Uh, in the summer of 1915... The Germans release the Fokker-Rheindacher upon the British. It gave them air superiority. So this is um, one of Germany's first fighting aircraft. Okay. Uh, So what they did, because it uh, gave them air superiority, the reason is... Uh, one of the first aircrafts to have a fucking machine gun strapped to it. Hell that's yeah! Gonna be, that's gonna, imagine you're a soldier on the ground for the first time seeing an aircraft with a machine gun. You're probably like, they did not come up with flying fast guns. Yeah. They did so, not come up with flying fast now, guns. let's <laughs> talk about the aircraft. That's a flying fast gun! Everyone get the fuck out of here! Um, early on they did like biplanes and triplanes, which was the number of layers Bi-planes of wings that sexy. they had. Yeah. Um, and then they started... <laughs> They're pretty uh, slow too, though. Yeah. But they started doing uh, single prop planes that were two wings. They were set up, you know, instead of like a biplane or the triplane, they were more maneuverable. Right. That was later in the war. Okay. Um, but what they the Germans did uh, actually, I'll get into how the Germans made that in a few minutes. Um, okay, no, I'll tell you about it now. Sure. So uh, the way here. they did it was fucking ingenious. So they put machine guns on the top of the planes above the second wing and like when they were firing the gun it would create disturbances and it made the plane super hard to fly so you either had to have a bigger plane with a bigger engine and a second person in it to man the gun or you could run the gun yourself but risk the fact that you're running a gun aiming flying and trying to maintain airspeed like trying to do all this stuff at the same time and meanwhile someone else is taking pot shots at you with their pistol from their plane because you know like they did it yeah (laughs) so what they did was they built an interrupter gear into the uh the prop of the plane so a gear spun and told the machine gun when it could fire to avoid the and they props put the machine of the guns plane. behind the prop. So they mounted it right behind the prop, and as the prop spun, it would spin past the top of the apex where the gun was, right. and then fire, and the bullet would pass through before the other side of the prop came up, and then it would fire again, and again, and again. As that prop spun, it shot through the propeller of the plane because the Germans can fucking engineer shit. Yeah, dude. Yes, they can. The they Germans are... get shit done. Yo, you get into the them backseat the Jap- of a fucking Maybach and you dude, know the Germans can engineer some shit. Dude, them and the Japanese, like, let me tell you, that, like, thank God they didn't win World War Two, but they kind of, they really could have. They really fucking could have, We profited from all their scientists after the... Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Operation Paperclip? Yeah. Dude, but Japanese and Germans together? (coughs) Deadly. Those motherfuckers can build. 
Yeah. Yes, they can. Uh, the Chinese know how to steal other people's designs. <laughs> yeah. And make it for $3 cheaper. <laughs> so, in that vein of speech, uh, the first this was the first war of industry and science. I, yep. I mentioned that earlier. Yes, you did. Um, so, anyway, let's get into some of the weaponry that came out as a result of this fucking shit show. That's what I'm waiting for, the weaponry. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring up a Tanks. couple of different things that were used in the trench warfare. Did you guys hear about the gauntlet dagger? The gauntlet dagger? No. It is a giant metal box that you wore around your fist with a crossbeam in it that you could hold onto with your hand. And there was a dagger. It protected, out, so you could... it protected your whole arm and welded onto the end was like an eight inch fucking dagger. So you could block strikes and punch with a fucking steel box that weighed five pounds and at the end had a dagger in it. You could put that through a German soldier's helmet. That is fucking bad. So pretty much you make yourself a human Wolverine. Yeah. You make yourself human Wolverine. That's awesome. That's fucking badass. Plus the added armor protection of the box that went right. over your arm. That's pretty cool. Dude, I gotta play D&D again sometimes so I can arm myself <laughs> with those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Fuck so, everything else. Gotta do some you research, need, Who needs a D10 bastard sword when I got two D12s on my hand, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, have you guys... Uh, I'm sure you've heard of trench knives. Yes. So where they would modify their knife and like put steel uh, brass knuckles on it yeah, or do something like that. And that shit. was a trench knife. Do you know what a trench club was? I saw a picture of a trench club and it looks like it pretty much looks like a mace from like they used to, like the gladiator swung at each other, a spiked so ball. It, it and was a fucking... usually the handle of a broken shovel. Yep. And they would take and just put iron nails through it. Yeah. And fucking tape up the end. It's or a makeshift. Like it's a makeshift mace. Yeah. And they were anywhere from like a foot and a half long to officers would be known to carry them as walking sticks, and the bottom is would just be like the bottom of a knotty tree mm-hmm. and a branch. So they would be holding the branch side and walking the knotty club on the ground, but that would still have like iron spikes coming out of it and shit. And that would be like an officer's trench club. Shit. The walking stick. Dude, these things were gruesome looking. And they're for night raids. So what they would do is when the night came, they would sneak over to the other, you know, the opposing army's trenches and get in. And instead of firing a shot and everyone knows you're there, they would just go through and club motherfuckers in the face with a giant spiked bat. That's fantastic. Sleep, sleep, little child. Suck! (laughs) And the screaming doesn't give you away. (laughs) No, they don't scream. You're driving a two-inch spike into the top of their skull with a bat. (laughs) (laughs) You know what noise they make? (laughs) That's the noise they make when you hit them. The sound I can imagine is the same as that turtle shell getting crushed at Joshua. How are you going to hear it over all of the night terrors that are going on? While Mm. everyone's in there just screaming like, "Ah!" All right, so uh, some of the other shit that you found in the trenches or around the trenches in this post were fake trees. So what they would do is they had engineers design tree stands that looked like trees. So Germans engineer trees, too? Yeah. Uh So they put them out into the middle of no man's land at night, and the next morning there's a tree in the middle of this muddy field, and everyone's like, 
Seems legit. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like a modern Trojan horse kind. But and snipers right. would sit up in them and all day just take fucking fire on the opposing line. And surprisingly few of them were ever captured or found out. So pretty much all those original cartoons of like Bugs Bunny where he puts like a bush over his head and you mm. see his feet creeping past. This was invented by German soldiers in World War One. Yeah. The uh, idea of disguising no, yourself in a tree or a bush. Actually. Allied forces oh, was allied put forces trees in the middle of this field at night, and the next day the Germans didn't just, like, yeah. artillery shell them. All right, nope. so, well, I'm not going to lie. If, okay. And the cell phone towers nowadays, you, you can't even get that right? Yeah. And they had fucking... They look terrible. They have trees in the middle of battlefields right. that fucking war-torn soldiers are just like, yeah, legit, we're going. Yeah, well, dude, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I had just spent however much time I these guys had spent in battle and war... And you're in a field, there's a bunch of trees around the field, but you don't really, you're not really counting how many trees are there. So if you woke up the next morning, there's one or two extra trees around, I dare say you might not notice that because your mind is not okay. thinking about that. But it's that, World you know I mean? War One quality construction. Still. Dude, I, these trees look like stumpy midget dick. Stumpy midget dicks were more likely to grow overnight than tall trees. It makes sense. <laughs> if you've only got one night to grow a tree, what kind of tree are you going to get? You're going to get a stumpy midget dick. All right. Fair enough. Those engineers who designed those trees went to college, man. <laughs> the Great War Part Two: Stumpy midget dicks. Right? No. Right? <laughs> we got way better coming, Dan. Okay, great. I can't wait. All right, so... Uh, write it down. <laughs> okay, also, <laughs> um, in in the trenches, they had lots of grenades. I'm going to get a little bit more in-depth with the grenades a little bit later. Okay. Um, but that was a really big part of trench warfare, was throwing fucking grenades. Oh, yeah. They were right saying that the British, were, the British forces were going through 158,000 grenades a month. And something like 4.4 million of those grenades were produced over the course of the war. Fucking ridiculous. So How like many grenades? 4.4 million of this one kind of grenade from Britain. Just the British grenades. Just the one the British grenades. grenade. Grenades are something, dude. Like, oh look, this piece of plastic just landed in here. I'm fucking dead. Like, you know those German grenades, the potato mashers? Yeah. Where it's like a stick... That has a, a ball on the end of it. Yep. And they just... Woof, 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 boom! Yeah. So again, it's I've got a lot use. more information. That was... The one you're thinking of is the third generation. I'll get I'll get to that one it's later. It's what the Teddies use in Congress Bad Fur Day. When yep. they're yep. supposed to be like the yep. Germans, they yep. use those stick grenades. Yep. And the, the American squirrels use just the regular green fucking hand grenade. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a great game! So here's the one I bet you guys haven't heard of. The Periscope Rifle. Um, no, past it in my research of weapons because I was looking for a flamethrower and I saw a periscope rifle, but I didn't read about it. So it's also known as the trench rifle. What they would do is they would put a rifle up at the top of the trench line, use two mirrors back to back to drop it down periscope style. So you're looking three feet down from the rifle. You're looking out over the trench 
through the sights of the gun. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then you just pull the trigger with either a lever, a stick mechanism. Some of them had, like, a pull string. They were set up all different ways because, like, Shit. trench warfare, they weren't ready for it. They they didn't plan on trench warfare no. happening. It was just when the Germans dug in, then the French dug in, and then they found out, like, okay, well, we can hide this way, and it just spread as the war went yeah. on. But they weren't ready for it, so... Trench warfare is not a chicken and eggs thing, like, which one came first? Clearly, the trenches came first before they'd ever prepared for the trenches. Exactly. I mean, they just started digging, but they're like, well, now what the fuck do we but do? But it had never been done before like that in right. a war. So, um, the periscope rifle, I thought, was pretty fucking cool. No, I do. Um, I like the series of mirrors that lets you see something to your advantage. When I was a kid, I had a toy just like that. Where you look through it, and it had a tube that went yes, to about here. Yes, I had here, that toy. And you could like look around corners yep, and, and shit. Yeah. It just called a periscope. Yeah. Yep, it was a par- it was a toy periscope. It was fucking yeah. fun as shit. Yeah, I, I had, had it hooked up in the treehouse. My dad built out back. It was awesome. Yep, fucking awesome. <laughs> so now here's something that's awesome and horrifying. Have you guys ever heard of flechette or flechettes? No, Josh. I don't think familiar so. with flechettes. I believe it is the French word for little dart. And essentially what they were were steel spikes with steel fins on the back of them. And they ranged anywhere from an inch and a half long and about as big around as a crushed cigarette butt. Or, you know, four or five inches long and the width of a pencil or a pen. Uh, And, you know, they had fins on them. So... They had multiple applications. Uh, by the way, after World War One, they were outright outlawed because yeah, I can the amount of carnage they could inflict, the the type of wound they would inflict, right. was disgusting. Because this so. is like because these things you're describing are almost like the the stinger of a stingray, like barbed. Like you can't. No, they're not barbed. Oh, they're it's, not. It's like a dart. Okay, but I thought you said it had like little fins sticking out of it. They on the fins, fins to, to give stabilize them stabilization. Them. Oh, okay, gotcha. So now there are multiple delivery methods. The worst of which I would say is the shotgun round that was filled with like twenty-five flechettes. Really? So you would just aim it down the battlefield and shoot it, and twenty-five darts would just shoot down range, and fucking maim and mangle and when they hit they didn't just go straight into you because they weren't perfectly balanced and researched right and time proven and tested they were just some disgusting shit a motherfucker put in a shotgun shell and said check this out boom dead lots of dead it's called welfare ammunition my friend welfare ammunition so (laughs) the other thing that was kind of scary that they did i was talking about the earlier planes so the early planes, the way they would use those in bombing runs is there would literally be a guy in the back of the plane with four bombs in his lap, and his job was to pick a bomb up, lean over the side of the plane, and drop it when he thought it was going to hit above the target. If that was my day at work every day, I wouldn't bench. Uh, I mean, that is... All you got to do is drop four bombs and then ride home and look yeah. at the scenery. Drive That's home, cool. hit Wawa at your local Ainsfy on the way home. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like... Um, so what they did in those early aerial missions as well is they would take just handfuls of flechettes over the battlefield and just toss them out onto the battlefield from airplanes. That's my Those problem. are the big fuckers, the three or five inch ones. And it's just, imagine just standing on the battlefield and it's finally quiet for a second and you just hear... <laughs> and then you hear nothing at all. 
That's so my shit travels straight into the top of your head and out through your asshole. <laughs> That's my my problem with the French language is the exact opposite of my problem with the German language. In German, everything sounds mean and rough around the edges and tough and not in the bondly. Yeah, French wanted to in be French. Small. Like flushettes. Okay. No one would expect flushettes plus the kind of carnage that you're talking about. It's a flushette sounds like an appetizer. You know what I mean? Like I just had I just had hard boiled flushettes. And now I'll be All enjoying day. my sea bass. Yeah. Like it just their fucking language just makes everything sound pussified. It's brutal, dude. Um so also in the trenches, the other thing they had was uh primitive grenade launchers, which were fucking Ooh. badass. They were essentially bungee cord slingshots that they set up on, like, two-by-four outriggers that they created. Yeah, well, that makes like, sense. a big V, and then, like, pulled the rubber bands way back, pulled the pin on the grenade, and just, whoop, like a giant water balloon launcher. That's awesome. And just lobbed grenades. Because, again, they weren't expecting trench warfare. You're supposed to go into an embankment throw your grenade up over the embankment, and then charge after the grenade explodes. They were trying to lob grenades all the way out into no man's land and try and hit the other fucking side. The other trench. Now, I know this yeah, backtracks a little bit into... right down in their trench. I know this backtracks a little bit when you talk about gas, but did you read about, and I read it, and I didn't write it down, I don't know why. And I'm only bringing it up because that's to do with weapons. I read about a gas that the Germans used, um, this is before they ever used gas like in a big way, they had tested it in a battle, and the gas released put people in these uncontrollable sneezing fits. Did you read about this no, gas? I didn't know about it. was a gas the Germans used in the beginning of the war that when launched to the enemy, it would cause these uncontrollable, like, almost violent sneezing yeah, fits. Yeah, we, we no longer use the pepper gas, we now use mustard gas. Less sneezing, more dying! Because pepper gas was too silly. Yeah. <laughs> we needed more lesions. There you go, Dan, that's the episode name. People take us more seriously when we call it mustard gas. Yeah. Yeah. Mu mustard gas, not pepper gas. Yep. <laughs> right down. <laughs> um, alright, so that was fucking the trench shit, but I also want to talk, I, I want to get a lot of these, the fun stuff out before I gotta eat my way through a little bit of the boring shit. So, uh, I also want to talk about some of the rifles. So, now here's the thing, every infantryman <coughs> was given a rifle. Some of them were given... Uh, you know, a Springfield 1911 if you were an officer or, you know, uh, the German equivalent if you were a German officer. But that was like officers, airplane pilots, uh, cargo vehicle drivers, select few people were given handguns. For the most part, it, you were using bolt-action long rifles. So uh, it that entailed the Allies. Uh, they had the Lee Enfield Mark III, which was a fucking awesome rifle, all the way up into World War II until they developed better shit. The Moisen the Gaunt over in Russia, which uh, fired a 7.62 by 5.4 round, I've shot that gun. It is a mule. That thing kicks back like you wouldn't believe. So it shoots a 7.62 projectile, uh, but it's point. Or, but it's 54, I want to say 54 millimeters long instead of a 7.62 by 3.9 round, which is like the AK-47. Mm -hmm. It shoots so a shorter, lighter round. more gunpowder in it. More gunpowder and a heavier projectile. Hmm. Um, those things are accurate. They are reliable as fuck. It was the predecessor um, of the same brainchild of the SKS. Uh, which eventually led to the AK-47. So it's in that realm of like 
the one range of reliable rushing guns. So the bolt action muzzle got was amazing. Uh, USA, of course, had the Springfield 1903, <laughs> Here's where we get uh, some of the cooler. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, no. I've got the. We have the Mauser M1877 in Turkey, um, and the thing about it was, was most of them were fitted with bayonets. Even though this was not a bayonet war, it wasn't a musket war. You know, they were yeah. still fitted so, with them anyway. But they still put them on, and through the war, they, ooh, they all like came together periodically and did like these talks and stuff like the leaders mm -hmm. and so anyway at some point the bayonets were actually uh the germans had a special bayonet that had a sawtooth on the top of it that was uh to the point where they said like listen if we capture a pow we're going to execute them if their bayonet is serrated like you get rid of that shit now right and so all of the German soldiers had That's to so file the up, backs dude. of their bayonets down. Dude, as if a bayonet was already bad enough, but then to have a serrated one, dude, the yeah. wound the that that thing left, so they would stab into you downwards and then lift and yeah. pull. Yeah, you know what I'm picturing? And it would just gut people. I'm picturing what you when you catch a, a fish and you start to prepare a fish, you use the fucking serrated fucking blade to start like carving away the scales and all that shit. Like uh -huh. it's and it just it shreds the flesh shreds yeah. the flesh. Uh -huh. Not good for you. Can't sew that back together. <laughs> no, no. But I also wanted to mention, I, I know Josh has a little hard on for this too. I know Dan does uh -oh. too. There oh. we go. The machine guns. Oh, yes. oh yeah, dude. So, dude, every, every multiplayer video game ever, I always use a machine gun. We talked about Goldeneye RCP 90s. Yeah. Well, that's a submachine gun. Yeah, that's a fucking machine gun. Still. <laughs> submachine gun. Now again, these... Uh, were regularly like the ones I'm about to talk about. All of these things were like 45 kilos, I think. So they're like 80 pounds. Some of these are 80 pounds. to 120 pound guns. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So in the USA, we had the fucking BAR, which was a 50 caliber machine gun. Mm. It shot eight rounds a second. What? Eight rounds of 50, 50 caliber cows. ammunition. <sighs> Hundred dead people. Because <laughs> <coughs> fifty caliber bullets don't stop for no man. Nope. No. 
They don't That's... stop for the first ten dudes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they um, encounter. Germany had the M608, which was fucking brutally, brutally reliable. Um, they were one of the first people to realize that you couldn't just fire these guns on uh, in battlefield situations. They had to be cooled. So they added like a makeshift coolant tank to the front of it and then mass produce the coolant tanks and started shipping them out so they would water jacket the barrel of their gun so that they would be firing these guns so hard and for so long boiling water would be like steaming out the top cap of this water reservoir while they're firing this gun because it put off that much heat uh, like that I is amazing. It. Those gun barrels would glow red and fail, and then misfire and blow the gun up yep. because they are that fucking efficient. Whole at putting of, lead downrange. Whole bunch of controlled explosions in one tiny spot. It's gonna get oh. hot as fuck. Especially when you're doing it eight times a second. Yeah. Ask your engine. Whole bunch of them. So need uh, that radiator. So like I said, the Mauser had or the Germans had the M608. The British had the Lewis gun. Um, I forget what it, what else it was called, but that was also a high caliber. That was the brother gun. of the Tommy gun. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish brother. Yeah. Um, the and British then brother. Uh, the Germans also had the MP18, which was I believe that one was a submachine gun. That uh, an automatic rifle right. that you could carry, and okay. it wasn't too cumbersome in battle. So anyway, so the other ones you're talking about, you said a eighty to one hundred twenty pounds. Yeah, yeah, big guns, big, big guns. four man teams, iron or steel. Most you know? most machine guns in the beginning of World War One were four man teams. That's fine because you can <coughs> you can use because that those that four man team is gonna take down fucking how many people? Hundreds yeah, I mean, of people at least. Yeah, so yep. by all means, use the four men to fucking get rid of four hundred. Yep. Yep. So anyway, Italy. Italia finally decides to nut up <laughs> once they were promised a piece of Austria-Hungary's pie. Yep. So this is in June of 1915. Uh, they, Fucking Italians, man. So they, I, this I did read. They, they declared war on Austria-Hungary and promptly got their asses handed to them. Yes. <laughs> in their first battle. Yep. Their first battle... They went in. Oh, I was not ready for this. They pushed in 200 yards and lost like two miles of territory in their first fucking battle. It was a goddamn travesty. Um, So, Russian actually retreats around the same time. Um, Well, now that just pisses off Tsar Nicholas II right the fuck off. So, he fires their bitch ass little pussy fag general and starts running the (laughs) army his damn self. Bad idea. But more on that later. So, uh, <laughs> now, now we're getting up into August of 2015. Um, those goddamn shamans we are now sunk another people carrier. Did they? Again! Another liner. Uh, the SS Arabic. Uh, and they did it with a fucking U-boat. Again, dude. Just sneaking around the fucking they Atlantic. Just, they, just sinking bitches. I keep saying they give... They, Shout out. They give zero fucks. <laughs> I mean, like, just don't care. The villainous Hun, the bloodthirsty Bosch, which means pig in German. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now's when the U.S. pulls their dick out and says, listen, motherfuckers, three dead Americans, because that's how many Americans died on that liner. Right. Three. Three, three Americans. 
I thought you said a lot down on the first one, right? Don't you mean three? Lucid Genius, 128. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, But, so, three (coughs) Americans? Josh, how many 911s is that? That is point zero zero one nine eleven. Okay. So, an American's like, listen, motherfuckers, you're going to back the fuck off now. And Germany backed the fuck off. So, America pulled its dick out. Like, Woodrow Wilson's like, hey, Germany, um, so, you know, heard you're fucking around at the Atlantic. That's my backyard. So, right. Put your ass back in your pen. NIMBY. Put your ass back in your pen, or I'm going to pull the American dick out. And you don't want that, okay, Kaiser Wilhelm? And so they backed off. And Um, that wasn't even scary, because this was before America was a mostly black dick. Yeah, I mean, this was small white dick. Yeah, Yeah, if America pulled his dick out today, it's got several colors to it now. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right about that. Got a little flavor on that. We've grown. We've grown. So now in late September of 1915, they did the autumn offensive. Uh, that's where... Just guys throwing pumpkins at each other, you know? Like... <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes for everyone, bro. Josh, let me Hey, that, that shit's hot. That stuff will burn you. You gotta be careful. Pumpkin latte? Yeah. Especially if you don't add the almond milk to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's you really gotta keep the hot. almond milk out if you want it to be super hot and burn your enemies. <laughs> um, so, alright, what the Autumn Offensive actually was, uh, it was the, the Allied Offensive's hardest push yet. Um, everyone got fucked during this. <laughs> everyone. In the butt. All, all pots of stories end with everyone getting fucked. So like, during just the autumn they... offensive, the Germans lost 150,000 people. The French lost 190,000 people. And the British lost 60K. <laughs> Damn. Those... Just one battle. That's a lot over, of dead Britons, all over, right. Three hundred and fifty thousand dead. You like dags? <laughs> dags. Yeah, I like dags. So now we've hit the autumn offensive. We're at about a million deaths now in World War One, and we're about a, a yeah. year deep. Yep, one year deep, one mil. Yeah. Damn. Actually, yeah. we got three years to Damn, go, Daniel. Three years to go, batches. So what I'm gonna do now, because I'm way too peached. To do it myself, one million, and that's in a year, right? Yeah. Do what with during sixty-five days? That's over twenty-seven hundred dead motherfuckers a every day. day. That's a nine-eleven a day. Yep. It's a nine-eleven a day. Every single day. World for War One. Nine-eleven every day. day. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the episode. World War One, where nine-eleven is every day. <laughs> World War One, comma a nine-eleven every Reason. single day. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Um, so now we're getting into, I got to move along because I've got a lot more to get through. Go for Um, it. Now in October of 15, uh, the Bulgarians joined the, uh, Ottomans and Germans. And so basically what that whole thing was is like, I told you before, the Bulgarians thought they got ripped off in the previous war. So the Ottoman or the Germans promised them a portion of the Ottoman empire without the Ottoman empire knowing about it. Uh And... So, you don't give away other people's countries without so, telling them. So Bul- <laughs> Bulgaria joins the war. Um, in a huge push, they took Serbia in only two months. They took over the entire country of Serbia in two months. I'm so glad you got to this point right after you talked about how this is one full year and a million people dead. Because up until this point, Serbia, the ones who started the fucking war, you don't hear shit about their deaths. 
up until around this point. Mm-hmm. Like, all the battles you read, they don't talk too much about any Serbian deaths. And Austria like, had focused most of its attention on Serbia when it right. was supposed to be defending against the Russians, Russians. coming <coughs> from the north. Is, they were all, they had most of their troops down in the south attacking Serbia. And I didn't hear anything about Serbian deaths. Right, deaf. and so this that's what I'm saying. A well, year goes never, by, and the motherfuckers who started, this is the first time we're hearing something major about the jerk-offs that started it. They should have... It was just the one jerk-off, really. Well, damn, the Ottoman <laughs> Empire, do you guys ever hear <coughs> the fucking, um... I just used the Turkish... Name. No, the fucking uh, genocide, the Armenian genocide. So I've basically, the Ottomans got their asses handed to them in a couple battles, and they're like... It's all their goddamn fault because they don't like our government and we're going to kill all of them. So they killed 1.5 million Armenians this year. Holy shit. This yeah. year? In just this year that I'm speaking about now. So we're in, uh, we're, we're about to hit 1916. Yeah. Okay. And so in the year of 1916, yeah, the Armenian genocide, they killed 1.5 million Armenians. Damn. That's within a big their pile own country. Of bodies. Yeah. That's a pile of bodies. Still nothing compared to the one, one billion so Cambodians that crazy. Yeah. Here's what's crazy <laughs> about World billion? War One. World War One was oh, fraught with internal struggle too. All of the all of the countries had massive internal struggle. So now in 1916, we've got a regime change over in Russia because they got their asses handed to them for like eight months. And then the fucking, their general went for one big last push, lost like 200,000 dudes, and the fucking Tsar had him dismissed and stu- uh, stepped in himself. Like... They're they're going through all these regime changes. Italy has a regime change in sixteen. Uh, the French had a German or a uh, general change in twenty sixteen. Like everything's kind of getting shaken <coughs> up now. Um, so here's the thing, though, keeps uh, things interesting. Even though in the two months it took them to get Serbia, uh, this was big because they took out one third of Serbia's army. That's the highest percentage of casualties of any country in the war. And that happened in two months of a, of a uh, population percentage. That's they fucking... lost 33% of their fighting force. Damn. In two months. A whole fucking third gone. Well, Serbia isn't days. that big of a country, really. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure their fighting force was, you know, sort of shitty in numbers to begin with as compared to the Allied Alliance and, and <laughs> God. Millions <laughs> of people versus 20 or 30,000. Yeah, dude. And you know what the weirdest thing is? The Central, when you look at this from one point of view, were the Central Powers really the bad guy? It was their Archduke that got assassinated. Serbia was on Serbia the Allies was the bad team. guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were on the bad guy's team. And yeah. if you look at it in that way... What did Austria-Hungary do? But they declared war on someone who assassinated their archduke. The guy who assassinated the archduke was part of a terrorist organization, not part of the Serbian government. And the Serbian government ended up having to go to war because of it. True. They had nothing to do with the assassination. Or maybe they did. Who knows? But still, you could definitely see my point where the like where it kind of looks like they weren't really the bad guys at first. They were kind of just defending themselves. You know what I mean? Like... No different than another country would do, and yeah. yet they end up looking but like the bad guys. Do you really declare war on an entire country because one of your people got shot by some asshole? Yeah, but it was an archduke. That, yeah. I mean, if someone yeah. assassinated an the president... he was the heir to the throne. He was going to be the next emperor. Right. So what or, if like, someone assassinated fucking Donald Trump's kid? 
it would be a huge deal, right? Or any president's kid. Would you go to war? You I don't guess think... the president would go to war. Absolutely. <laughs> you think of a president's kid got shot and killed by another enemy nation that he wouldn't declare war instantly. But would you declare <laughs> war on the whole country for something that one asshole I'm not talking about what yes, we would do. Yes, if we... he would. Yeah, yeah. Josh. <laughs> yes, he yeah. would. Yes, Josh. Orange Man would make big boom. I guess 9-11 was like yeah, you fucking, say... what, 12 or yeah, 15 asshole actors and we went to <laughs> you war can in a say, bunch of countries. You can yeah. say Orange Guy would do that, but <laughs> if I was President of the United States... But. And someone assassinated my daughter or son, I would declare war. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but I would absolutely. If I'm the president of the most powerful yeah, country but it's in the like world, the war on drugs. You're not actually getting any bad guys. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. And with 9/11, most of the attackers were Saudis anyway, and we never attacked Saudi yeah, Arabia. Because they're a friend. We got fuel from them. Yeah, it's I would OPEC. declare war. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we interrupted your shit. Okay, so let's skip over two months and a half million deaths, and let's get to some interesting <laughs> Just shit. Just fast forward to that part. Let's Whole get to some interesting shit. 1916, 103 fucking years ago, motherfuckers got real good at killing each other. So good that the death toll soared well into the millions, not including the Armenian Genocide, of course. Damn. Not included. Um, all the naval blockades blocking food and supplies had choked out all of Europe. All of the countries. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Britain... It wasn't just Britain that was suffering, it was well, everyone. So, north and east from Britain over to the top of Germany, or rather that... Uh, the, the Nordic that, Peninsula. That sea up there, whatever that sea is. But anyway, they closed that off with uh, military ships so that no German supplies could come in. And the Germans had Great Britain surrounded by U-boats blowing up all the freighters coming into fucking Great Britain. So it's like no one's getting supplies right now. So all of Europe is getting choked badly. Um, now, early in 1916, Russia is fucked. They're about to have the Bolshevik Revolution, which is going to change the tide of the war because uh, Russia's temporarily going to pull out of the war entirely so, uh, once the Bolsheviks get in. Uh, but right now we've got that crazy moose-cocked fucking wizard running Russia, and everyone Rasputin. is going nuts. Yeah, dude. So, mm -hmm. the whole world is on fire right now. He's Charles but, Manson of 1916. Ladies, I want to talk to you for a second, all one of you that listens. Mm -hmm. No, two. We got two female listeners. Oh, yes. if the uh, if the listeners of No zero. Fucks Given or yeah, zero. zero Fucks Given are listening. That's another three that's females. That's another three females. That's awesome. What's so, <laughs> up, ladies? <laughs> so, around now is when y'all get involved in the war. Get real involved in the war movement. Big time. As of, like... All of you, because all of the men have been sent off to war. So, you know, they're fighting the long war. Again, we're fighting a war of attrition. We're not trying to beat the other forces. The other forces are entrenched, we're entrenched. We're trying to have more live bodies than they have, so that at the end of the war, they're all dead and we still have people left. Right. That's and then we get that's the, the war that they were fighting. I really want to keep emphasizing that because people's lives have no matter to the high generals no, that no. were sending Zero them whatsoever. In. To it, people with power, in people without power that are is expendable. Mind-blowing that millions well, of people lost their know, lives. Do you know what makes it really mind-blowing? Is that it, even at World War One, 
This was nothing new. Since oh, the dawn of not. man and battles and wars, the soldier has always been expendable, and the guy with the money who's just playing with the controls has always got to walk away and been like, eh, I didn't win this one. Eh, maybe <laughs> next year. You know, like, there's always next season. You know? but, so anyway, <laughs> wait until the kids are 13. Yep. Uh, speaking of kids, we're talking about women. Um, this is when they stepped in to fill the production jobs. So they were working factories. They were working in production lines. They were playing in baseball. League of their own. So in, in a time where women up. weren't allowed to do anything, all of a sudden women were kind of encouraged and then at some point forced to go into like the industrial workforce. Right. Not just like, oh, you need to sell Tupperware and work from home in the 70s. No, like, go work a factory job 60 hours a week because we need tanks. Yeah, so yeah. check this out. So, okay, life as a woman at this time. Think about this. So... They're all doing these... Get pregnant, don't die while having your kid. They're doing all these fucking difficult... Don't let your kids die. They're doing all these new jobs now and shit, right? And they're, like, more responsible for running the country. Most of them won't see their husbands come back, and the ones that do end up PTSD, alcoholic motherfuckers, which leads to prohibition in the 20s, because they were... They were. They were fucking... All the, the dudes that did come back were fucked up, and they were major alcoholics, and they would beat the ever-living shit out of their wives. They just lived in trenches for four years. I'm yeah. not, no, no, no. I'm just... I'm, just, <laughs> I'm stating facts. I know, I know you're looking for any reason to defend them, Josh. Constant <laughs> artillery shelling. People would get used to the artillery shelling constantly oh. and be able to sleep with bombs exploding close to them. So, Dude, right, wait, such, I'm about to get to that. So this is such a me, feminist alarm moment let, right now where Josh move, is defending these people. <laughs> I want to move into this because Josh is talking about artillery. So, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about artillery in this time. So, it has progressed 50 years in two years. So, when they first started the war, they had rudimentary artillery. Right. Meaning that you could Big fire... Yeah. They you, had big cannons. Cannons, but they also had projectiles that would self-detonate. So yeah. you could do, like, the drop tube. They weren't you know? much yeah, ahead like of the orders. Civil War. At the, be- at the beginning of this war, they weren't much ahead of the Civil War in advancement. Yeah. Even though the Civil War was 50 years before this, they weren't, like, that, that far ahead. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They probably should have been further ahead than where yeah, they were. Yeah, so in 50 years, the they had for... rudimentary artillery guns. Yeah. In two years, they were shelling so hard. That there was a term uh, deemed the uh, the drum roll blast, mm-hmm. meaning artillery was coming in force to the sound of a deafening drum roll, sometimes indefinitely. They didn't know when it was going to stop. There were times where it would happen for two weeks straight, oh, just shelling. 30, hours. 30, 40 bombs a minute exploding off in the distance and slowly getting closer to you as the guns was spun and swept back and forth across the landscape of the trenches. Hundreds and thousands of bombs creating craters the size of houses all across the battlefield constantly non-stop for hours or days or weeks at a time to the point where they called it the drum roll. The drum rolls here. And that's Get why down. they termed it shell shock. No, it's crazy that we're talking about this. This was a hundred... PTS. Was 103 years ago. It was 103 years ago, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. This shit was a century ago. Yep. That's Long fucked up. Long before us, 
long before our grandparents were well like i think my grandma was born in 1922 i want to say 1922 and my grandpa was like 1919 something like that so my grandpa was born at the very end no, of world war your grandpa yeah my grandpa because my dad was born in 57 so I think my grandpa was born in like maybe 1920 after World War One even ended. After World War One, okay. Yeah. When was your dad born? 57. 57. Okay, gotcha. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. We we interrupted your shit. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna go into grenades. So we were talking about explosives. <laughs> so we'll talk about grenades now. So I've got some really cool information about grenades. Um, so Josh had alluded. I believe Josh alluded earlier about the German stick grenades. Yes. Um, the potato masher. Yes, and. Uh, Oh, it's Luftin something. I forget what it is. It's not Luftwaffe. That was uh, the, That's the German uh, Air Force in the, World yeah, War II. World War II. Like, Luftin something. Uh, but yeah, they were the stick grenades. The, so the original one had a fuse that you would light and fucking you would just huck it. <clears throat> so again, we're trench warfare that was not expected. They built a lot of shit in the trenches to kill people over there without having to poke their mole head up and get whacked by a BAR 50, uh, 50 you know? Yeah. It's like that it had been supplied to the British by the U.S. Um, so they would make... Uh, everyone had stick grenades at first because it was a good idea. You add weight to your grenade, you add a fulcrum to it, so when you throw it, you can yep. throw it further <laughs> and it spins. <laughs> so the second iteration of pretty much all of them were pressure-sensitive. Which was a shit idea because they are fighting in mud pits that would swallow men whole. Again, shelling, non stop shelling, explosives going off all the time. What's going to happen the first time it rains? It's going to get muddy. What happens when you get an unexpectedly brutal April and it rains for 14 days? You sleep in mud trenches while yep. bombs are constantly going off every second. Can you imagine War living in a cold trench? Hell. Yes. Yeah. War is hell. Oh yes. More specifically, trench warfare. Yeah. Is That's hell. why I'm so goddamn terrified of there being a, a, a war here. Yeah. That's why I'm so fucking terrified of what uh, other countries think of us and how they might want to attack us at some point. We'll because get into politics because again. war is hell. <laughs> I don't want to experience war, you're man. Not, you wouldn't go to war, Josh. You're too old. They wouldn't draft you. Dude, in World War One, every available man was sent. There was, there was, like, no cap. You know, if you're a body that can hold a gun and shoot it at someone, you're sent. Or shoot it above them, like over sixty percent of soldiers have done since yeah. they begin. Uh, they began asking that question. Yeah, and I ain't like going to no fucking war. Something like sixty, something sixty-eight percent of people say that. Yeah, I've never fired at someone. I I shoot above enemy lines. Like I look like I'm doing stuff, but I'm shooting above them. I'm not trying to kill people. Shit. Sixty-eight percent of people polled. Uh, in wars, and this is like a long-standing poll, like a very long-standing and question. Still, millions of people die. Yeah, yeah, dude. Jesus and it's, Christ! Uh, Imagine uh, how many people would die if everyone was trying. Well, all right. So, <laughs> you guys, technically, the you biggest guys kill killer in the war. Could what? I? Yeah. Do you think you guys could kill someone in battle? In I think uh, I would in have battle, to. no, it would have to be a personal. If battle. you were drafted, no, no, I'd shoot above people. Yeah, you wouldn't try... Even if someone was about to kill you, you wouldn't kill no, them? No, if someone was about to kill me, I would definitely kill them. Yeah. How about you? Think you kill someone? 
it depends. It's a weird thing to think really about, depends. isn't it? Though, if, like, it depends on what be, my job is. If my life depends on it, yeah, I'll kill someone. It depends yeah. on what my job is. I wouldn't is. think twice about if it. If my job is to man the machine gun, and there is a wave of people coming at me that are going to kill me, I will kill as many of them as I possibly can. Good, good answer. Yeah. If I'm going to die, and I'm the machine gunner, the machine <laughs> gun can't just shoot above people. People are going to notice that those guys are still coming. Right. You know? And the dust really cloud of take bullets is way behind them. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you need to aim down a little bit. Aim down. Aim down more. They're You're getting closer. You're missing them. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting real close. And here come the grenades. <laughs> <laughs> They're in throwing range. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, artillery grenades, naval battles, blah, blah, blah. Italy continues to get their asses beat in the battles, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Serbia got their asses beat early in 1916. Um, they had to retreat through to the Albanian mountains. Can you imagine? Now, again, this is early 1916. I think it was February of 1916. They had to go through the Albanian mountains. We did Blue Mountain with no backpacks and Cheez-Its. Could you imagine fighting for the last 14 months? non-stop in trenches and then having to retreat to through the mountains to live right in the winter in the winter through the snow the albanian <laughs> mountains the pictures i saw of the albanian mountains were gross like just disgustingly <laughs> unhikeable yeah. and imagine packing a machine gun with another dude like you, you're each carrying a 60 pound load on your shoulder on top of, of your military gear, that's probably forty to fifty pounds in World War One. I. I ain't retreating no fucking Albanian mountains. I'd rather die. Right? <laughs> fucking shoot me in the head, dude. That would be so shit. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> holy shit! The Albanian mountains in the winter. No. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? It's the green nothing that. like it blue looks mountain. like the Rockies. That yeah. is nothing the like blue top mountain. Top of dude. the Rockies. That's that's like the Alps, dude. Yeah. And to make it what? worse, the guy you're holding the machine gun with keeps turning and go, hey, hey, look, my beer. I can it tell is it's the cold. Alps. <laughs> the mountains are blue. <laughs> Todd, shut the, the fuck Alps. up. <laughs> We've been carrying this machine gun for six fucking miles. <laughs> you guys want to go skiing? <laughs> dude, right? Those Holy mountains shit. are impossible. Yeah, Could you no imagine good, having dude. to hike through them in February? Uh, like completely exhausted from battle, underfed, under rationed, uh, like I without any adequate supplies. I can't imagine. Dude, the <laughs> number of how many of them froze to death rivaled the numbers that were killed during the retreat. That's unfucking. Because when you retreat, you put your back to your enemy, and it, what are they just going to let you run away? No, they're going to shoot you in the fucking back for miles. Yeah. So the people who froze to death, I think, actually was a bigger number than who were killed during the retreat. Well, and they expect at least 25% death during any retreat. That's an acceptable number for generals. Again, talking about people like numbers. Right. Statistics. It's, numbers it's on a sheet. just absolutely acceptable to have a 25% loss during any retreat. Because war, Jesus. like all things, becomes a business. Yeah. Yep. So and you got to make sure you that you're doing things numbers. efficiently. Keep it in the black. Keep Can't black. lose more than twenty five percent of the human <laughs> beings today. If yeah. I lose eighteen percent, it's no big deal. Yeah, eighteen percent is an acceptable number. Eighteen percent of these million people whose families are fucking destroyed. You know That's I mean? one hundred and eighty thousand like, people. 
<laughs> yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> so I want to talk about because again the fucking battles themselves are boring. Like I can give you a couple statistics. So um, one battle that lasted about two months uh, on the border of Italy. Yeah, the border of Italy. The uh, the Germans and the Austrians pushed in and pushed them way back. Uh, they lost like sixty kilometers. Uh, I think something like forty miles. What was that in two weeks? You said or some shit. Uh, no, qu- quickly, very quickly. Uh, but then they pushed back. <coughs> um, and I think the Italians lost two hundred thousand. The Austria-Hungrians lost one hundred twenty, and the Germans lost one hundred thirty. More big fucking numbers. half a million over two months, Fuck. just in that one battle. Dude, like... What was the name of the battle? Do you remember? Nah, I don't remember what it was. Again, like, all that shit bored me, and I really don't care. <laughs> I really, really don't care what no, the name of the battles were. Because talking World War One. It's just a, a battle in this area, this many people died. Well, because cool. here's why. You know what? Like, even though this is an Olympics, there's one strategy to when we do our Olympics episodes that we should all know. Numbers, yeah. Numbers, Numbers is what impress. Yeah. You know what I mean, like <laughs> yeah. fuck all the middle shit. Like, did I talk? Like, you can I, you ask know, any news anchor that. I would get like I got into detail with Vlad the with Vlad the Impaler, but what I really kept mentioning was the numbers, like the amount in the forest of the Impaled. Twenty thousand know I mean? dead. Yeah, it was like eighteen or twenty thousand in the forest of the Impaled. Like, you got to bring up numbers to win yep. games, son. Like, <laughs> um. But I wanted to talk about now how the war was changed by vehicles. Um, so I gave you guys airplanes a little bit earlier. Uh, actually, a lot earlier. It was pretty much the beginning of the episode we did our airplanes. Um, I was saying how, like, some fucking schlub would just toss schlub. a bomb off the side yeah. of the fucking airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just bite the thing and throw it out like an empty beer. It's a good job <laughs> to have, man. Um, they would also use them at the beginning, uh, for fucking, uh, surveillance. So they would fly behind enemy lines, get, uh, formations so they could send it back and do battle plans and shit. Um, so they would know what the enemies were doing. Uh, that didn't last very long because then they developed fighter planes to shoot those faggots out of the sky. Like, oh, you're screen watching. Bang! Dead. This is the first major war with vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the last war before horses. this of significance was yeah was the Civil War with horses and just pushing trains. fucking big cannons, horses yeah. and trains. trains, trains. That was it. But yeah, yeah. this is the first one with vehicles. <coughs> Boy, um, that's a game changer. It is. Uh, so anyway, I I also talked about later the uh, the aircraft had that interrupter gear installed so they could do the fucking uh, forward facing machine guns. Right. It's just so cool that. That propeller is spinning fast enough to get an airplane to fly through the air, and you're shooting bullets in between the blades as they spin. That's so fucking cool. Yes, it is. Only a German could fucking invent that. Yep. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And then every other country was like, that's a right. really good idea. Yeah, that's cool. I'll we'll do that, that. too. Um, <laughs> tanks. Tanks were yeah. huge. I was right, hoping so we would get into fucking tanks. Do you think I would skip tanks, Josh? <laughs> Giant metal boxes of death for yeah, either great. who's in it or outside of it. Doesn't yeah. matter. Everyone's dying. Yeah. It's World War One. Bunch of dead people. Y'all gonna it's die. great to have uh, none of the beverages around me in the refrigerator, and yet they are as oh, cold, if cold. not colder, than ice the fucking cold. refrigerator would be. I'm afraid my beer is going to freeze. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I can see my breath in the goddamn garage. Oh, yeah. With a heat lamp under me for the last two hours. I just released some bonus content where we were complaining about how hot it was, and Dan said the heat index for that day was 105. <laughs> so, that was, uh, like, June or July or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I said um, it on the, uh, I didn't even listen to it yet. It's good. Was so, it good bonus content? It's good bonus content. It's funny as shit. Good. <laughs> we owe you. Um, so, all right. Now, tanks, uh, the British started the tank thing. So, it was primitive. Um, in World War One, they came a long way throughout the war, though. Uh, so, the Little Willie was the original tank. From Britain. I want to own a little willy. Well, I want to own a big Besides own, my I own, own a little willy. <laughs> I want to own a big willy, which was the one that came after the it. Predecessor. Um, I thought predecessor was pre, before. The, the... Postecessor. Yeah. Um, so anyway, outside of gra- grammar Naziing Josh, we're not at Nazis yet, we're in World War One. Um... So, where was I? God, good thing I've got something to read from, so yeah, good I don't thing. forget. Good thing. All right, so the Little Willie uh, and its progeny, the, the Big Willie, Willy, were a, a little bit more than APCs with tracks and some machine guns. Like, the Little really, Willie and the Big Willie. That's all they were. Clearly trying there's a movie to, starring Dan and Josh. Trying to project <laughs> the penis into other people's affairs. Yeah, it's, it's called, called fucking with people. people. <laughs> And again, beer. Big and really. again. <laughs> pour one out. Okay, sir. That's right. two episodes in a row. <laughs> so, uh, as the war went on, again, the Germans didn't really think that doing tanks was a good idea until they saw the amount of havoc they could wreak. And then the Germans came out with, like, a really giant, clunky, half-assed attempt. Um, let me see what it was called. All right, uh... Uh, the Panzerwagen uh, was Germans like lazy Panzer tank, dude. Was no, not the not the the straight up Panzer. That's World War Two. Yeah, that was World War Two. But this original Panzer, uh, the the Panzerwagen, was uh, just a eight miles an hour top speed, uh, which was actually pretty fast pretty at the, at that point in that's World War One. That's a swift jog. Um, that's a that's a. Fast job. And it could carry like 16 people, but it was literally a giant box, and the tracks were inside of it, you know, and just on the bottom. Uh, But like the tracks hid inside the walls of this just giant square box. Um, The Mark IV, however, back on Britain's side, showed their progress, uh, like in a big way. Inside, they had a six pound gun. Now, that doesn't mean the gun weighs six pounds. It means it shoots a six-pound yeah. projectile. The bullet. The you shell. ever go bowling with your kids and let them roll the, lo- the lightest ball? Yeah. That's how heavy the projectile that this shoots out at, uh, I don't know, like maybe... A few maybe, thousand feet per second. Yeah, 1,100 feet per second. Yeah. And they're explosive projectiles, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> Good they shit. They put that in a tank. <laughs> they upgraded the armor. Uh, they put a more stable track on it. And uh, this one... Now, this is, again, this is before the German one that I just mentioned. But this one had a top speed of four miles an hour. Um, but here's the thing, though. It was now long enough to glide over the German trenches. So, like Germans do, they over-engineer everything. Even their trenches were bigger and more elaborate than 
the Allied trenches. Mm-hmm. So the Allied trenches, you know, would be like uh, maybe five or six feet wide. Some of the German trenches were like ten or fifteen feet wide. Um, so when you would send a tank over their trenches, so the whole thing with the tank was it was going to end trench warfare because fuck the guns, fuck the barbed wire, fuck the mud, right? Fuck the trenches. We'll just reel up to your trench. Iron box with explosive projectiles. Like aren't right. six pound bullets used in like battleships and shit? Yeah, they have six-pound guns six on battleships. Six-pound guns on battleships. Yeah. And they were rolling Probably not those anymore, guns but in World War One, yes, they had six-pound guns on the ships. Nice. Uh, and they had, like, the 10 or... I, 20 20-pound 20 gun is one of them, and that's, like, the big cannon. Yeah. We instinctively like, look when, like, an ambulance drives through our town. Imagine if, like, a tank rolled through your fucking yeah. town. Imagine <laughs> a steel, explosive bowling ball. Yeah. Just in the living room. 2,000 feet per second that can travel 8 or 9 miles. You ever seen, oh, what was it? Uh, Was it The Pianist? You ever seen The Pianist? Yeah. Matthew Matthew Broderick? Yeah. Where he's he's hiding in this building and this tank is rolling through the streets. Matthew Broderick? Was it Matthew Matthew Broderick? Do you mean Matthew McConaughey? No, not Matthew McConaughey. I can't remember who the main guy for, That's fine. for the penis But yeah, was. I saw the penis. This tank is rolling through the street, and it stops. And he, like, peeks his head out or something, and the the gun goes, Wah! and it's looking right at him and just, boom! And the whole wall of the house that he's, like, hiding in is just decimated, yeah. and... And he's like running through the house, and the house is exploding. And that's World War Two, so that would have been, I think, a, a nine-pound gun. But Jesus, like, but, yeah. just the that's sound why you of thought it was tank. Matthew Broderick because it's Adrian Brody. Adrian yeah, and Brody, the same person. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to World War One, uh, and we're talking about we're still talking about the the tanks though. So here's here's where tanks got cool. They weren't before? <laughs> no, they were awesome before. Now they're cool. Uh, the French dropped the Renault FT-17. So this is the same French Renault as in the Renault. As in French... Uh, the automobile. Yeah, like their Ford of France. Yeah. Okay. Um, they dropped it. That was manned by two people and had a the first tank that had a rotating turret gun on it. So it wasn't a six-pound gun. It was a, a large projectile, like larger than a fifty cal, um, you know, single round fire. But they were fucking, they were hefty. So what's cool about them is they're uh, shorter, smaller, faster. Um, those ones could do like, I think eight or twelve miles an hour, or something like that. They were fast. They were mm-hmm. the fastest tanks, and all they were were just light armor. And the one guy was shielded, and he could use the turret or a machine gun to shoot at people. But what they would do is they would send, like, um, the British would send in the Mark IV or the Mark V first. And the Mark V was even bigger than the Mark IV. It was fucking huge. And what they would do is they would send it in, and then a bunch of these smaller tanks would follow them in. So that once they broke the line, they would just flood out, turn around... And have the fucking Germans from both sides. Mm -hmm. And so they would flood in, and you'd be taking (laughs) fire from one side, damn near artillery tank fire from the other side. Mm -hmm. You are fucking boned at that point. But they were miserably unreliable. All of them. 
all the Renault of the tanks. tanks. Every tank in They're World dude. War One were miserably unreliable. A to lot the of weapons. They had almost no fucking. A, a lot of weapons at that time wow. were unreliable. Like, yeah. you, and it's always the coolest one too, like the tank, the flamethrower. But this is the time of the Model T Ford. Yeah. Like exactly. this shit's you cannot back. We're not on. building Ferrari La Ferraris yet. <laughs> like you have to know getting in these things that yeah, you're gonna end a lot of lives, but your life is just as likely to end. So well, so here's the thing with the tanks. Um when they the, would come to something too steep and fuck I mean they you, I've seen the tanks get stuck. You know what I mean? Like and, an area where it's fall just, over just and, fall over. And then the na- track breaks and falls off. Yep. And then, and then they, the enemy just surrounds and waits for you to come the fuck out. No, they don't have to. You've got enough portholes that they just throw, throw fucking a grenade, grenade in. in. Right. Dead. Bam. Fucked up. So, yep. um, the thing with the early British tanks was uh, the in the Mark One and the Mark Two, they made a lot of requests for the Mark Three, the servicemen. Um, it would be to the point where when you would spend two days on a tank crew, you would have to be hospitalized afterwards. Damn. They were running farm tractor engines on the inside, and it was just a steel box. The fucking exhaust tubes would be glowing red because you're running that fucking engine at red line to keep that thing trucking along at six miles an hour. And it's, you know, a hundred degrees in the summer. And, you know, during these battles, it's 160 inside the fucking tank. Fuck. And you're you're just living in that tank. Warm! Getting kind of hot in these tanks. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, being an early tank operator was no good. World War I tank operators weren't doing good. Fuck all that, dude. Yeah, so, but they were... can't paint them white. They were still cool nonetheless. Um, but so once Brittany, uh, Brittany, Britain's came, uh, British came out with the Mark V, um, that Boom. really helped them in the summer of 18 push the Germans back. Uh, I, I know I skipped way far forward there, but... Yeah, that was in um, Josh's territory. The, the Mark V was a big help in the tank sector, uh, later in the war because the Germans still had primitive tanks and the, the <laughs> British were getting damn good at building <coughs> tanks. Oh, okay. The tracks were more reliable. The engines were more reliable. See, the armor could stop more That shit. surprises me. All this great engineering from the Germans and they had inferior tanks. Like, come on, dude. If you're going to put your engineering somewhere and your innovative skills, put it in your fucking tanks. Well, that was stop World War II. More World War II, they were way ahead of the game. Uh, th- so... They had the Panzer tanks, and they were fucking unstoppable yeah. early in the war in World War II. But we'll get there another time. I've got more shit to cover here. So, um, on the French front, we got the Battle of Verdun, uh, which was the bloodiest battle of the Fair war. Done. It's uh, one of the bloodiest battles in history. Like, a million people died over the Battle of Verdun. So, basically what it is is uh, the... Austrians in the German Empire, using a couple of Ottoman forces, really made a hard push on Verdun. And so the thing is, it, to the French, Verdun's like a, not a sacred city, but it was like, uh, like their like, New York City kind okay. of. Okay, like an, icon- an iconic city. Yeah. So it was really important to them, and it, uh, they fought tooth and nail to repel the Germans back. Uh, and they did. Uh, they never took Verdun, but it was just a fucking massacre. Yeah, dude, on both sides. There were hundreds of thousands of losses on both <laughs> sides. 
That's fucking High crazy. hundreds of thousands. It's just amazing the amount of people. Said a million people died, right? Uh, over, I think, over the whole Battle of Verdun, uh, uh, a little less, maybe like seven hundred thousand people. Because How of long an, did the battle last? Uh, the Battle of Verdun was kind of long. I think that one was like one of the three or four month long ones. Because of a little nineteen-year-old hormone-driven, I need to be part of something, so I'll join the Black Hand. Little uh. pussy. Shoots one Archduke queer and his ugly ass fucking bitch, and everyone's dying over it. Yep. <laughs> Millions of dead motherfuckers. So, so bad. This is around. She is an ugly when... bitch, too, by the way, Sophie. Look her up. Anyway, I saw her. Keep going. <laughs> I saw her. Alright, so we're going to talk about the U.S. joining the war officially. She's hefty. So basically, the Brits pull some schoolyard bullshit. Like, hey, come here. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Yeah, I think we, we had uh, a kid like that in our we, high school that hung up on a bike rack and did we, that. We heard <laughs> Germany. He's uh, he's trying to get Mexico to attack you, and um, they're blowing up your freight ships over here. And so America's like, what? <laughs> April 6, 1917, Woodrow Wilson declares war on the German Empire and joins the Allied powers. And what year was that? Uh, April 6, 1917. 1917. So uh, there's only a year left of the war. Yep. Yeah. And that's when USA... USA always comes in at the end of the war. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. Everyone took care of the hard shit. We'll just, uh... We'll mop on through this a little bit. No, they have... Oh, by the way, we're in charge of everyone here now. You, can you clean it up? Thanks. But here's the thing. They didn't just straight up join the war. They didn't declare war on any of Germany's allies. They just declared war on the German Empire. Right. They're like, okay, Germany, you done fucked up. We told you to stop fucking with our ships. You fuck with our ships. Uh, we told you to stop doing this. You kept doing it. Like, guess what, motherfucker? You're in trouble now. Right. And we'll see all. you in six months. And that's the thing with the Germans. Like, they did the kind of shit that would even piss off an overly peaceful president. Like, they could have led Jimmy they did. Carter. Woodrow yeah. Wilson. They yeah. pissed Woodrow Wilson off enough yeah. that he declared war on them. Like, yeah. I mean, they we all know. They and murdered thousands of women and children all across multiple countries in Europe. Can I have split? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really bad what the German soldiers were doing to people. Those Germans are fucked in the head, man. I don't... Yeah, there's gotta be something in the water there. That's why they like shit have you, porn. Have you ever watched the Scheisepon? <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. The Scheisepon? They, right, uh... Freaks. They eat each other's poop. <laughs> it's not just getting pooped on it's the ingestion they eat each other's poop oh my god alright um, so meanwhile uh, the Germans are currently sinking 17 ships a day with their U-boats uh, on average average how many passengers in these boats uh, it's they're different because some of them are freight liners oh, some okay, of them gotcha. are but either way that's a lot of that's a lot of some that's of them are military dying. ships yeah. yeah they're killing hella people um, hell of people, dude, and they're good at it. Like these German U-boat captains, like fuck the Red Baron killing eighty people in the air with his uh, biplane. Fuck that loser. <laughs> Some of these sea captains have thousands of deaths to their record hmm. in their U-boats with maybe fifteen torpedoes used. Oh, that was a good one. Jesus, <laughs> God. Chlorine gas. 
No, that's just nerf gas. <laughs> mustard oh, that's gas. bad. Yeah, that's mustard gas. Don't that's plug bad, that bad. shit this way. Um, so, late in 1917, the Brits Tunnel... Alright, this was one of the... No, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard about World War One. I. I I want you guys to hear this. I, I'm sure you'll agree with me. This is the coolest thing that ever happened in World War One. Where the Brits prove that they're actually groundhogs? Yup. <laughs> They're the groundhog from Caddyshack. Yeah. So, late in 1917, Brits tunnel under the German front line, load in several mines, and detonate them all at the same time, killing thousands of Germans and making the largest man-made explosion of all time. Now, don't say anything. Think about this. You ever seen the video of, like, the... Boom, 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 boom. And then, a, like, a whole cliff of rock falls in oh, yeah. a rock yeah. quarry. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now, imagine that times a thousand. <clears throat> I saw the crater that this explosion left. This was the coolest fucking thing ever. It makes the Moab look like a little bitch. <laughs> Dude, still to this day, it was the largest man-made explosion what about of all time. like hydrogen bombs? Bigger. Bigger How can explosion. it be bigger than hydrogen bombs? Hydrogen bombs destroy like 20 to 30 miles radius from the bomb. That's side. not the explosion, though. Isn't That's it? the blast wave and the radiation and all that shit. He's talking the, about the actual the blast crater. Wave, the, the explosion going out and the fireball at, you know, at least 10 miles. This, I mean, this wave. came from BBC. Uh, this particular piece right. of information so, came no, from the BBC. Biggest explosion, not biggest shockwave. So yeah. this would make a bigger crater. We'll put it that way. Yeah. All right. It, this would make a bigger crater. Yeah, didn't maybe say, that's how they judged you say it? how yeah. many mines? You said uh, oh, several. Several. You said several mines. So basically like they... thousands of mines? I don't know. They tunneled underneath of the German front line. Uh-huh. And lined it with mines. And then blew them all up. Like, the crater, I saw someone standing in the, I guess maybe one of the craters, and it's just this little speck of a person standing at the bottom that looks like this tall, and they're just sitting in a bowl of mud. Damn. Fucking insane. Like... Yeah, that, that is so cool. They burrowed under them like the fucking groundhog. That's, that's like t- that's like taking it to the level of the way ants organize their fucking houses. Like yeah. you're digging intricate tunnels underneath the enemy so that you can line it with mines. That's that's wonderfully brilliant. That's, that's, that's a fantastic way to that's, kill people. That's a good way to use your time if you're fucking getting shelled all day. That is like poetic. Yeah, it like. Is. Fucking love it, dude. It is really good. Good research, um, Potts. I'm proud of you for not letting us the fuck down. <coughs> so, December Finally. of 1917, <laughs> eat a dick. Um, the, Russia gives up. Uh, do they have just been getting their ass handed to them for the this last This is right year. after Sylvester Sloan beat up... Um, what the fuck's his name? <laughs> uh, Ivan Drago. His What's his yeah. real name? His name's Ivan Drago. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> So, they have been getting their asses beat really badly. Uh, What they've been doing is, every time they have a battle with the Germans, the Germans have just been pushing them back miles at a time. Um, They have been going through so many regime changes. So, now, we're in uh, 1917. All of the countries have had their elections. They all now have new leadership. All of them. Like... 
the whole world has new leadership, and all the new leaderships, either, like, the Bolsheviks in Russia are like, we're getting the fuck out, B, we're done. <laughs> and every other new leader's like, we're gonna win, we're gonna win hard, we're gonna win today. <laughs> and, like, dude, the war went ham at this point. Uh, so Russia just drops out. Germany gets a gigantic hard-on for not having an enemy on the Eastern Front anymore uh -huh. and just blows hard west. They know the U.S. is coming. The fucking pressure is on right now. They are panicking. So they have to keep morale up. They're like, we're going full bore to the Western Front. If we can take over before the U.S. gets here, they are fucked. We'll kill them at the shores. But it's not going to pan out that way for Germany. Um, and that's, uh, that's we're going to get there next uh, next week. When Josh Man does one. Oh, shit. Yep. Oh, so that's where I pick up. Okay. America is, a, is about to America be here, bitches. America is rolling in. America's coming in to save your asses. Y'all ain't speaking German. You're welcome. Yeah. So, Josh, you're taking off. I mean, Sorry. you're taking on after this one, right? Oh, oh whatever, whatever. sorry. So, Potts, loved your style of research. I love Thank the you. emphasis on weapons, especially. That's, yeah. that's that all I wanted shit. to do. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't want to bore everyone with. This was the Battle of Verdun, Part One. Ten thousand dead here. Seventeen thousand dead here. Twenty thousand dead here. The Battle of blah 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 blah. Can you give me just one second, please? Give me one Note to self: Potts clearly didn't like your research. No, Dan, your research was very nice. You did good this time. Myself. I'm uh, sure the audience could agree. Last no. week was very enjoyable. All to three to. of us on our last research episode were very list, 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 list. I'm going to read this, dude. That's this time, not that way. Because, well, dude, lists like when we did diseases, the numbers is where you wanted to get to. You know exactly. What I mean? Numbers and symptoms. No one yeah. cares about treatment. With diseases, <laughs> Who cares about treatment? Diseases. <laughs> it was 500 million dead here. Many billions dead with this disease. Yep. Fucking these wars, it's malaria, like, dude. These wars don't hold up against the diseases in terms of numbers. Um, so, this was a kick-ass episode. We have another part to do next week. You'll hear from Josh as he concludes the three-part series of the Great War. Oh, it's going right. to be good. He's going to wrap it up, and he's going to wrap it up good, make sure he doesn't have to pay child support. All he's right? going to wrap it up like a dick in a whorehouse, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so just to let you know, dick war... Dick Taiwanese whorehouse. <laughs> just to give the uh, listeners the a heads up, I, I think I think you guys would agree with this. I know I'm doing this while we're just like live on mic, but um, wars is something that once we're done this three-part series, eventually, again, we'll revisit wars. Right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So I want to let listeners know that this kind of series. No, we have to do Vietnam first. We want you to know that this. Vietnam first. This will be okay. a multiple recurring theme spread out over the remainder of the time that we are around doing this show. You will hear from us again doing war series. So stay tuned next week for the third part, and we will bring you more great shit after that. Potsy, where can they find us? Ugh. If you come over to Instagram, you can check us out. We're at WITGpod. I'm at Easy Potsy. Dan's at Danny T underscore WITG Podcast. Um, I like knives and cars. Dan likes funny things. I do I, like funny I things. I like to put memes up on the Instagrams. Yep. They're funny. They usually have something to do with the episode we just did. Or they're just 
offensive, which is yeah, great, which too. Yeah, which is always yeah. kind of my numb to plum. <laughs> Whenever I you like can trigger content. someone, it makes you feel good. Yep. The Twat Box, a.k.a. Twitter. You can find us at WITG Podcast. You can find links to our latest episodes, audio clips from our latest episodes, retweets from other podcasts in the same network, same kind of style, too. Anything not safe for work, anything that's got a lot of offensive material, we appreciate joining up with that. We are now part of Drama City Productions, which is awesome. You know what I mean? We get to band together with a bunch of other not-safe-for-work asshole pods who just like to offend everyone. It's good shit. Find us on all the major platforms, too. Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Podcasts, the whole nine. Josh, man, where's the most important place they can find us? Search Google. Who invited this guy? How much of our shit? Click on the first link. All our shit. All of it? Every single bit. Every little every little rabbit turd. Anything that we've ever published online, including all of our episodes, Eric's apology, and our hit song, Grandma, Grandma Got, Got Molested, Molested by, by a Reindeer, reindeer. <laughs> can be found on the very first link you see on Google. Calm Click on that shit. <laughs> Come and check us out. All right. And go to iTunes. Find us as well so you can give us a five-star review. That's the correct answer, my friends. If you'd like to donate to the show and get us some better audio quality, check out our Patreon. It's pinned up on at WITG Podcast on Twitter. Anyway, this was a fantastic middle section. Potsy, good fucking research. Let's. Oh, that was bad. Come on, get in the There we go. All right. Let's get ready for part three coming out next week. Very tune your shit in. But for who invited this guy? I'm Danny T. I'm Eric. I'm Josh. And as always, we're here to say, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Squiggle beef.